Hey gamers, this is Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire, and I'm back on my podcast with another special guest, Basime Uyanik. How are you doing, Basime? I'm fine, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to have you here. So for people who don't know who you are, how dare they, uh, give (laughs) us a a quick overview. (laughs) So I'm the, since 2015, I'm the CEO for Iron Game Design. It's a board game company located in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden. So we publish and design our own board games. And I'm actually designing my first game coming out this year. So that's that's me. <laughs> and that's yes, funny. and that's what we're going to talk about. So mm-hmm. you are the CEO of a game company. Yes. But you've never designed a game no. before. What made you take the plunge? Uh, I wanted to, because I'm the CEO, and I wanted to know all parts of the company to be a better uh, manager for the company and my employees so and the thing I didn't know is how to design my game but I was like I was surrounded by that so all the time so and then I talked to our lead game designer Yun Manker and he said you should design your own game and I immediately know uh, knew which game to uh, design so and that was Samaramat so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, and Shamaramat is exactly who I want to talk to you about today. Mm-hmm. So what made you choose her as a theme? And give us just a quick overview of who that is for yeah. those of us who don't know. <laughs> uh, so she's an Assyrian uh, queen. So she was part of the Assyrian Empire and she lived about 800 before Christ. So uh, yeah, and she was... Um, queen for five years and during that period she actually stabilized the empire so she's kind of a really great great uh, female figure that has kind of disappeared in history most people know her as Semiramis uh, the myth that the Greek uh, like came up with (laughs) so so I I think a lot of people have heard about uh, Semiramis but they haven't heard about Semiramat the actual figure behind that So, and that's what I want to bring out with my game. And I started thinking about her quite early. So um, I'm myself, an Aramean or part like Assyrian Empire is my heritage. So, and my father has always talked about Samaramat. So I grew up with this female character that my father was like admiring so much. She was part of the leading the armies out to war. She was like really great. And and so she was a hero for me (laughs) so when I was doing my own game I remembered everything my father told about uh, talked about her and then I was like I need to do a game based on my heritage and a female like someone like me you know that I can connect to so it was quite obvious what I wanted to do and I love history so I love diving into this so that was (laughs) that was the background (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that really interested me about trying to do a game about Shamaramans mm-hmm. is that it's very hard to find information about her herself. What mm-hmm. do we actually know about the real woman? And then let's talk about the Semiramis stuff just so people get some context. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know a lot about her. There's really difficult to find anything, just like a lot of other uh, female characters, uh, like uh, persons, not characters. <laughs> Sounds like they are not real. But <laughs> a lot of other uh, female persons throughout the histories, she's kind of just mentioned uh, like in the passing in the history. So it's really difficult to find something concrete about her, uh, really. 
And then, as I said, the myth, there's much more things going on with that that is based on her, but isn't completely made up. So what we know about her is that she she was part of the Assyrian Empire and she took over after her husband died and she was there for five years before her uh, son uh, took over the empire again, or the, the, the empire and she did stabilize. And the reason we know that she existed was is because there is a steel, which was also kind of unusual for a female to be mentioned in a steel raised in her honor, uh, saying that she did exist, that, that she was a queen. Uh, so, so she must have done a lot for the empire to get that honor, to get that steel. So that's what we know about her. And then yeah. I tried to find stuff about her, but it's really, really difficult. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did some digging too, just in, just to prep for this interview. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so Diodorus Sigillus takes a story from this doctor who says that she was basically this sexy lady who yeah. went around and had a bunch of husbands. And, you know, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and isn't that funny that it's always what happens to female persons or females in the history that they become this, uh, I don't know, uh, I have a lot of men or she was uh, <laughs> not, not the real person itself. I think that's kind of sad. And that's a little bit what I want to do as well. I want to lift uh, so if I do another game, it will be another female character. I want to do about Zenobia, which is also an, uh, you know, the part of the Assyrian heritage as well. But I want to lift these figures in history and give them uh, another another purpose and a right meaning or try to find yeah. what they actually did. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm a big Zenobia fan, yeah. but I'm actually really happy that, that Shamaramat is going to get her due. Yes. So are there any other Assyrian queens that we've ever had on record? Because I can't think of any. No, not me either. No. This is what I've heard. I heard about Samaramat my whole life, you know, but no. Yeah, I actually, uh, one of my my old bosses from college Mm -hmm. is like an Assyriologist. I texted him. I haven't heard back yet, but I guess I'll find out. But (laughs) I'm thinking no. I really think no. No, Yeah. Um, Which makes her really, really special. Yes, so when you put her into a game, mm-hmm. how um how are you constructing this game? Like what what's at stake in the game? What kind of what's gonna constitute victory? What are you doing in the game? Yeah. So it's gonna be a co-op game because that's something uh, I wanted from the beginning. And the players are gonna be her advisor. So for now, it's kind of worrying if she's a non-player character, but I still want her to be a strong character in the game. So she, I want her to be involved. But the players are uh, advisors for her because the royal, um, the royal court actually had like 150 advisors during this time, which is fantastic, you know, uh, that they actually did this. They have academics that were giving them advice. And that's what I'm thinking that the players will do. They will give advice to Samaramat, but she will be the one that actually takes the advice or doesn't take the advice. So I want her to be strong. So so there will be a lot of advice cards that you take and then there's tokens and things that, so she is still part of the game. And it would start uh, a couple of years before she actually comes into uh, power and then during her time. Uh, and then hopefully if the game goes as planned, it goes <laughs> that you <laughs> leave the empire to, your, to her uh, son. 
Um, yeah. So that's basically what it is right now. <laughs> right. So there's going to be some lead up before yes. she, before her husband dies. Yeah. So maybe like an ingratiation period where you're kind of gaining her trust. And, yes, and... exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then is just the... jumped into it. It's time where she is there, but I want to, because she was involved in our, she was uh, an advisor to her husband as well. So she was, it right. seems what I've been reading so far is that she was involved in her husband's doings as well. So, so it wasn't that just she showed up. She actually was part of the, um, the history before that as well. So. Right. And mm. if that hadn't been the case, there's no way she would have been as capable no, as she exactly. was while she was the regent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So is the game going to have combat? Is it going to be an economic game? Is it a mix? It's it's a mix. Uh, so to have this big uh, empire, there's a lot of things you have to do. So I want it to be in all games that are, we have published that Iron Game Design is based in history and the mechanics are based in the history as well. And I want my game to be that as well because I want to show the Assyrian Empire. I just don't want to show Samaramat. I also want to show the Assyrian Empire in another light, uh, because it's seen uh, in his, um, as this very violent and military strong uh, empire. But it was so much stuff going on there that is still today part of our uh, societies as well. Um, just uh, like small stuff, beer is from the Assyrian Empire as well. <laughs> so there was so much. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, medicine was also uh, like brought a lot of the medicine writings was from that period as well and the uh, communication channels the infrastructure and you know there was so much other stuff going on in the empire as well and I want to lift those things as well and then it can't be just a combat game um, yeah. and uh, probably she did give advice on there about everything else so it's gonna be you have to have a balance since it's a co-op game you have to have a balance with the military strength and then every, uh, both internal because there wasn't a lot of internal struggles and external struggles. But you also have to keep the happiness of the people uh, mm-hmm. because if they're not happy, you know, the empire will fall, which was what happened in the end that the empire because of the people wasn't happy. Uh, so you have to have balance in both the military strength, happiness, wealth as well. Um mm-hmm. It was a religion, and there were so many different religions in that period. Uh, Ashur was the big religion, and the, uh, the country was called Ashur as well <laughs> at that time. So everything like this, you have to have balance in it. And the winning conditions is that one winning that you don't, uh, none of these different lines go down to zero because then you lose. Then the comp- uh, the empire isn't happy. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you have different victory conditions based on different empire cards that you will be picking as well. Did that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So from what I'm understanding, the goal is to have a thriving empire after five years yes. to give off to your son when your regency ends. Mm-hmm. But if you lose the empire, you lose the game. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that um, Shamaramat had some generals who did oppose her, I think in some major cities, right? Like didn't Nineveh oppose her at first from what we know? Mm -hmm. So how are you going to represent her opposition? Are there actual characters of generals in the game or is it just sort of like a general 
push against her on various fronts. There will be a different push with cards. So it will be different, mm-hmm. both event cards and uh, different, as I said, Empire cards. So there would be with cards. So there won't be any characters um, in that sense. And then there will be military with just uh, cubes and tokens and so on. But there won't be any characters. I don't want that kind of combat, not for this game. I don't want that kind of right. combat in that. Because then I'm just building up on the the whole like the military which was strong and it, it will it won't be taken out from the game because it was right. a big part of the game but it won't be any characters right so basically from what I'm understanding the idea is to keep the focus on Shamaramat yeah. so you're trying to remove some of the more like character based opposition yes. and the reason for making it co op is to kind of make sure that she's at the center yes exactly of everything yeah Exactly. Nice. <laughs> so artistically, you have a lot of really rich tradition mm-hmm. to work with. So how are you doing the art for this game? Are you having someone draw images that are based on Assyrian art? Is it something that's modernized? Are you getting images of artifacts? What's the plan here? Because that stuff is gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. I agree. So I have an <laughs> illustrator working with me, Madeleine Fiel. She has also done Pax Viking, which was a game she illustrated as well. And she's doing like me now. So we're working quite um, closely right now. So I'm doing a lot of research about for the game mechanics. And she's doing a lot of research with uh, how it looked. And it was like beautiful colors and it was beautiful buildings and so on. So she's basing, it's going to be more realistic uh, kind of art with it as well. So she's basing it on what we can find from that period as well. So, yeah. Nice. So modern art, but based aesthetically on ancient art. Yeah. So um, are there any images that you find particularly striking? I always just think of like Lamassus or like the Ishtar Gate or... Yeah, Ishtar Gate is so beautiful. <laughs> That's so nice. So one thing I do want to maybe have you um, expand on, though, is that aesthetically, I think it's going to be really nice to see ancient Assyrian-inspired art mm-hmm. because Roman art, even though we know that the statues and sculptures were painted, we have this kind of idea of Roman art as very beige, yes, as very like white marble. Mm-hmm. So does Assyrian art look like that? No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) They did also have a lot of colors. Like the Ishtar Gate was blue, you know. It was like, yeah. So it was a lot of colors and it will be a lot of colors. And the textiles they are wearing and the buildings. And um, there was a lot of, they did plant a lot of flowers and they had beautiful gardens. So hopefully that, that will be also part of the game. And we will have a map. So, you know. We try to get some of the aesthetics inside in, into all this. <laughs> so the first time <laughs> me and Madeline talked, and it was really like we should have colors. <laughs> it should be a lot of colors. <laughs> so no <bad>. definitely. <laughs> so are the advisor characters? Um, are they going to have character art? art? So I, I yeah. feel like you're really trying to focus on Shamara, uh, Shamaramas uh, they, on female mm-hmm. power. Will there be male and female advisors? Yes, there will be. Uh, So we're doing both. Uh, So both female and male. And they will come from different... Because there was... uh, Assyrian Empire was so many different cultures. The more I read about it, the more 
confused, I guess, kind of, if it makes sense. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> <With> yeah. <laughs> with so many different cultures involved. So the advisors, what we're thinking is... Um, uh, it doesn't actually, I haven't read anywhere where the advisors, but in my head, if they had advisors, it should be from different parts of the empire as well. So they will, the characters will be from different cultures and they will have uh, backstories as well. Uh, so uh, we want to build on the strong characters as well. So Samaramat will be strong, but also the characters to lift some of the other cultures that were involved in this uh, inside the empire. Uh, so we would, for example, have a female from uh, Egypt uh, because it was for a time a vassal state to uh, Syrian Empire as well. So uh, not during uh, Samaramat's time, but we're thinking she might have been there. <laughs> anyway, just to lift the different um, cultures as well. And yeah, as I said, they will have strong characters uh, and they will have backstories and um, Madeleine has already illustrated uh, different characters as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And just for people who don't have a sense of perspective on this, you know, we think about, oh, the Roman Empire, a lot of us, or like, oh, you know, maybe Persia. Mm -hmm. But um, how big was the Assyrian Empire? About how far did it go? Uh, it, it was up all the way almost to the Armenian borders are Armenia, Armenia, and then uh, Turkey, a lot of parts, so, and down to Syria. The main was between the two rivers, Arafat and Tigris, that was like where they mainly got, were, but they did for some time as well, go down all the way, like along the um, uh, Mediterranean <laughs> coast, down to Egypt <laughs> as well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> so it did go down almost all the way to Egypt, and they were a vassal state, as I said, for the Syrian Empire as well. So it was uh, covering up the majority of the Middle um, Middle East parts. <laughs> awesome. And uh, how much more development is there going to be for this game? About how about how much more time until we can get a look at it? <laughs> <laughs> At least uh, on Kickstarter or something. Yeah, uh, the Kickstarter will be in October. So we're already okay. planned for the October. And we will have, hopefully, the prototypes done, I hope, by August or September. So we can have people actually looking at it. We have a lot of uh, illustrations already done, as I said, with Madeline. And we uh, have started playtesting it internally. But we will also start like, external playtesting as well soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And just the solo gamer in me has to ask. It's cooperative, so I would assume that you can play it solo, yes. but you can, right? Yes, we, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a solo game as well. <laughs> and Good. we try to Other... do it with all of our games, I can say that. So we try to have solo games for all of our games because we do think that's important as well. <laughs> all right, so speaking of all of your games, you know, mm -hmm. Ion has a really specific kind of flavor as a publisher. Um, so y'all do a lot of historical mm -hmm. games. And is that, I mean, I'm, I haven't looked at your entire catalog, but is that basically the main the main thing at ION is, is historical games? Yes, uh, we do historical and scientific games and take uh, the basis from uh, the ideas that are based on this historical and uh, scientific 
baseline. Uh, and we do that because we do all of us like science and uh, history. Uh, that's one of the parts what we do it. But we also want to, with board games, uh, have people start talking about this, uh, about science and about history. So, and to hopefully teach some people, uh, not just with our games, but you get an interest for it and uh, a curiosity as so you start reading more about it. And um, so we we definitely do it on purpose when we select. We do want to have this uh, and we want to yeah have people talking about it and learning. By playing a board game, you learn without actually thinking about it because you just you're just having fun and you're playing so you learn you learn something without thinking about it um, and then we want to do like beautiful games that are that are part, that's where we have illustrators in house uh, because we do want to do beautiful products that uh, because we see board games as an art form as well so yeah there's a lot of thoughts inside when we publish a game, while we publish the game, <laughs> basically. So, yeah. so um, did the historical bent to your games happen just because that's what you all happen to like, or was it a deliberate choice from the very start of Ion Game Design? It's been a deliberate choice. Uh, Jon Manker is the founder and the lead game designer, and... Uh, it's been his interest as well. So it's been a deliberate choice uh, from his side. And when I came in, I I love history. Uh, so for me, it was so obvious as well that we should continue in this uh, uh, in this road that we have started. So <laughs> it was <laughs> deliberate for us. And I think it's kind of interesting if we just continue why uh, selecting uh, historical games as well, that by playing, uh, playing a game, it, it can be... Uh, now we're talking about Samaramat and that she's going to be hand over the empire to her son but then then while playing the game something can happen and it's not what happens and it's so interesting to see that a moment in history can change everything later and that the game is showing that so clearly you know it was just different circumstances that made us where we are ended up today so it's kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And the other thing I think is really particularly exciting about Samarama mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, I think about the Ion game releases that I know. So there's there's PAX Viking. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of there's PAX Renaissance. Yeah. So we have these kind of European set games or you have things that are like the bio series mm -hmm. that are very much just about nature animals. Yeah. Is this um is this Ion's first foray into sort of a non-European historical setting? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and I think it's great. And we will do more of that. Um, it's, it's, I think we have had so many game ideas previously that we just continued in that direction. Uh, and now that we have published some of the games that we had online already, we are like expanding it outside Europe as well. Uh, Pax Viking was uh, it's part of Jun's heritage so Jun Manker's mm -hmm. heritage so that's why he did it and I'm doing mine as well but while I was doing this it opened up my my mind also as I said previously it's like uh, showing a part of history that doesn't have gotten so much attention and we want to do that with other 
things as well now. So we have some things coming up that is <laughs> that is outside the European perspective. <laughs> and I think this is important. There is, uh, and we want to find work with external designers as well that are showing other parts uh, of the world as well. That's it's really really important for me as the CEO for the company. So if when Ion Game Design chooses games, mm-hmm. are you mostly choosing things that are designed by your in-house designers or are you out looking for interesting ideas to bring to life from anywhere? <laughs> we, do, <laughs> uh, we do get game submissions, of course, as well. And we always go through those uh, to see if there is any interesting ideas. Well, we have uh, some in-house designers as well. So usually we base our... We do publish a lot of games. <laughs> I think this year we are launching about eight new games. <laughs> so a lot of them are, uh, of course, our own games, but we also take in external the designers. With it. Of those games coming up this year, I think about four of them are external designers as well. So try to find interesting, because there's so many interesting game ideas that are out there. We don't know all of them, so it's... And it's so much fun to work with people with new ideas and, you know, adding these external designers working with us that gives us new perspectives. I think that's so important not to get stuck in your own thoughts and your own way of doing stuff. So, yeah. That was my question. Yes. So how deep is the research process for these games? So I know that you are all doing a lot of reading in-house. Are you also consulting, you know, professors or historical experts outside of ION to vet the material that's going into these historical games since they could be used as educational tools? Mm -hmm. Uh, We haven't done so. We do a lot of research into our games uh, and we haven't uh, and we started also peer-reviewing all of our games as well because it is a lot of historical facts and um, our (laughs) So, yeah, um, I have started contacting uh, universities around the world just to help me within the research. Uh, as, as we said in the beginning, Samarama definitely needs, I, I definitely need help to get, bring her to life as well. Uh, and we do want our games to have a longer life and have a, another life than just board gamers. Uh, not just for you, but uh, <laughs> to get students involved in that as well and to learn because it, it is our focus to teach people uh, a part of history or a part of science uh, in a fun way. And that's perfect for the educational uh, section uh, as well. And so we have started to talk with different universities as well to have them you know, help us um, with the surrounding things for the board games as well uh, to have it educational. Yeah. We've talked a lot about historical games. Mm-hmm. Um, Ion also produces games that are that have scientific themes. Are those similarly vetted, or are they more speculative? I've seen some boxes with space on them. Mm-hmm. You know, how is the science handled the same way, or is it it's, different? It's got its own process. Yeah, it's different process. It's based on the science, all of them as well. So things that could actually work or happen. So, for example, Dawn on Titan, which was uh, one of our launches in the beginning of the year. Uh, it's uh, about the Saturn uh, and that you can go there. Uh, there is enterprises going up there. So there isn't any enterprises going up there now. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of moons and the moons have accurate names. Uh, in the game, you learn more about the moons. So we have facts about the moons uh, and we 
think about gravity, how would it work would have a spaceship there and so on. So it's based in real uh, science, but then it is another story on top of that. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting you say there's another story on top of that because mm-hmm. I wonder if that feeds into the next question I was going to ask you, which is um, I like to talk about historical games because I feel like history naturally has human conflict mm-hmm. over something because people have just had a story of conflict or push themselves against each other, against nature since the beginning of time. Um, So there's, it's not, in my opinion, that hard to find a compelling historical narrative, but how do you make a game about science, the right blend of interesting and educational? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say Dawn on Titan and Stationfall, which is the latest games that we have. The other ones have been based on, if I can say, boring and don't misunderstand me, but boring, <laughs> but in uh, described in a fun uh, game mechanic that is uh, that doesn't need the narrative. So, because the mechanics and the advanced gameplay is interesting enough that the science, the boring science, is you know. Uh, it still makes it fun. So, <laughs> uh, so the stories there haven't been so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, scientists. We don't actually think you're boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they are boring, but <laughs> and I love science. I, I love reading stuff, but uh, yeah, but that's, um, the, we, we haven't put so much uh, into the narrative in those games. The, the newer games have more of a narrative on um, them that it's making it more interesting <laughs> nice and then um, i guess my other question is so have you found making games about historical and scientific subjects mm-hmm. to be a strong business move do you ever i mean you're the ceo you're mm-hmm. not designing a game do you ever feel like you have to make history or science sexier or kind of push certain types of themes or any of that in order to make the business aspect profitable? Or do you find that you can pretty much do what you want and it works? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a different CEO. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, of course we, we need to do the business side and have enough money to pay our employees uh, and to continue publishing the games. But I, I, I mostly want to create games that uh, are fun to play and that teaches you something uh, and that we think is fun to create. So I don't think uh, so much about uh, that this is um, this is a business side. I, I, I really do want my team to work with stuff they think is fun and that I can stand for. Um, you know, and so that's that's what I that's what I want. Uh, and then if we can make se- um, science and history se- more sexy, that's like perfect. That's a bonus <laughs> that we can do that. Uh, but my aim is to. I love this mar- uh, market. I love working with board games. I think it's so fantastic to be able to create this kind of products. Uh, uh, and I want to continue doing it, and I want to do it with um, um, teams that I think it's fun, and that's history and science. I, I think that's fun, and I'm so happy that people want to buy these games. I'm so happy that we can continue doing these games, and that people 
believe in us and I care about everyone. So for me, it's so difficult as a CEO, maybe you should like distance yourself, but I care about all of our customers. I care about everyone that writes to me. I, I, so. <laughs> That's probably not a bad thing for being a CEO. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a very personal, it's a very personal business. You know, I yeah. think that we, and, you know, I feel this is a reviewer too, right? Like everybody who does work in the mm-hmm. board game industry also tends to really love the games and we all really love each other and mm-hmm. the other players or we try to. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so I feel like Shamaramat is your dream game because yes, why is. not start with your dream? And yeah. Zenobia is a future possibility. Yes. But do you have any thoughts for game design beyond that? I'm going to continue with this uh, road that I'm taking because I I feel more co- connected when it's a female character. So I'm not doing it for any special uh, other special reason than uh, that I I feel more connected to a female character and that I can bring a female character more to life. Uh, so I want to continue doing female characters or based around it doesn't always have to be a character. Yeah. And then I want to do I actually want to do a something about the African continent. So that's, <laughs> that's something coming up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And um, what are you playing right now that you're really enjoying? Uh, I, I played the um, uh, Memoir 44 that, I <laughs> that I'm very <laughs> fan. And then I'm playing a lot of Station Fall right now because that's what we're working on. So it's a lot of Station Fall. <laughs> but that's also so much fun. And there's so many possibilities in that game. So it feels like it's new every time. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. And uh, where can we find you online? Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Instagram. I'm not so active. So, <laughs> uh, so no, but I, I'm on Instagram and on Twitter and I do have Facebook. So yeah, just hit me up. And I love talking to people and I talk too much. But <laughs> <laughs> I, if, if I had a problem with that, I'd have a problem with myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And uh, those of you who are out there, you know me, I can be found anywhere online as Beyond Solitaire. Uh, thank you so much, Bazime, for coming on and telling us about your game. I'm so excited to see it. Thank you. Uh, everybody listening, drop a comment, ask a question, and most of all, happy gaming. <laughs>